February 15th, 1777, Valley Forge. everybody this is your captain General George Washington I'm commanding everybody all members of the Air Force we have to get ready to storm the fort and take over Newark Liberty Airport it's imperative that everybody make sure that your seats are in upright position your trade tables have been stowed all baggages are secured and that your seat belts are fastened get ready this is going to be an aerial assault of epic proportions people may not remember what we did or when we did it, but I assure you, 200 years from now, some president's going to look back over this and remember the the Battle of Valley Forge. Yeah, uh, General Washington, I've got eyes on uh, Red Coat Bogey and uh, old 300 taking the shot on your command. D.C. 2019. Bitter winter of Valley Forge found glory across the waters of the Delaware and seized victory from Cornwallis of Yorktown. Our army manned the airport. It ran the ramparts. It took over the airport. Get out of here. I tell you that bitch crazy. What's going on, everybody? As always, this is your boy, Jesse McCoy, and I'm joined by the world's foremost leading legal humorist, Sean Carter. How are you doing, man? Uh, uh, muy bueno. Uh, donde es la biblioteca? My zapato tight. I'm just practicing my Spanish. <laughs> I'm practicing my Spanish, bro, so I can be ready for that next Democratic debate. I'm going to get in there next time. I got to get in there you got to get into this now to get into the trying, debate. Trying to get the Telemundo support. I understand. That's right. <laughs> get closed captioning. Was uh, any <laughs> of that first debate in English? Um, You know, it was. I think, uh, you know, Beto tried to upstage everybody with his mastery of Spanish and lack of mastery in policy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, I, and, uh, you know, I would definitely vote for Beto to be uh, president of Mexico. Uh, he'd, be, he'd be good president of Mexico, but he don't know a damn thing about U.S. policy. I'll grant you. Let, let, for those of you who didn't see it, let, let's give him just a taste of all the Spanish they missed. Necesitamos incluir cada persona en el éxito de esta economía. Pero si queremos hacer eso, necesitamos incluir cada persona en nuestra democracia. Uh, cada, votar, ca- cada votante necesitamos la representación y cada voz necesitamos escuchar. Pues, uh, me llamo Julián Castro y estoy postulando por presidente de los Estados Unidos. La, situa- la situación ahora es inaceptable. SB Presidente ha atacado, ha demonizado los inmigrantes. Es inaceptable y voy a cambiar este. ¿Qué haría usted en el primer día, si usted es presidente, sobre esta realidad? Spanish is a wonderful language. It's just that none of us speak it, right? Um, and I love the fact that Booker got in there. 
right? Booker was like, no, y'all ain't gonna, gonna, gonna out-tell me. You see, he got a tan looking a little bit like J-Lo now. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, he getting blacker and blacker in the debates. Remember the part where he, he was like, I'm the only one who live up in the hood up in here. Right? He started claiming right. sets. 107. How about his boy got shot? I thought he was going to pull out a 40 ounce and just pour his liquor on the stage. <laughs> yeah, this is for my homie. This is for Nipsey, right? Uh, right, right. Boy getting black as hell. I'm telling you, he got so black. I saw a little cornrow start to grow. He, he bald right now, but I'm seeing a little cornrow growing. He is getting black. Now, aside from that, talk about actually, because I forgot, it was two weeks ago. What happened in the end of the debate? So we had two nights of debates. I don't know if this has ever happened. I think this might be unprecedented, but uh, two nights of debate. And in night number one, it was kind of the kitty table uh, at Thanksgiving. But, you know, I still watched it because I was curious to see if anybody was going to step up and, and surprise me or at least make me curious to know a little, to want to know a little bit more. And so Elizabeth Warren, I think, pretty much cleaned up on the first night. She should have been at the big kids table. I don't know why they put her at the JV table, but um, <laughs> the, the surprise dark horse that nobody saw coming was Julian Castro. Uh, Julian Castro was very, very smart, very knowledgeable about policy, and surprisingly, very likable. Uh, and I think that he, his message resonated. Not to mention, out of all of the candidates, I think when it came to issues of uh, th- that directly affect black people, particularly like policing in our community. He's the only person that I heard say anything in the debate about it. Uh, he's, which, he's the only one acknowledging that we have police at all. Everybody else is acting like, <laughs> like, you know, like, 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 <laughs> like, like we just run around here with no policing, right? No, I grant you that. Julio Castro is going to have a little problem with me, and here's why. He's another Harvard law grad. Uh, I've mm-hmm. already had to live down Obama. Now, I, I can live that on Obama because he was one year ahead of me and like six years older than me. So I can say, look, mama, I ain't present yet. All right. So no, that's how right. I've been able to get past it. But, uh, Julio about, about 10 years younger than me. All right. He can't now be president. I'm not going to be able to explain that at all. All right. I'm going to have to, to really just come to grips with the fact that I ain't shit. All right. So I'm, I'm really going to fight that as, as long as I could. But you're right though. He's the only one with the policy. Um, uh, now, Marianne Williamson, I, I, if, if she would have just taken one or two less edibles, I think <laughs> we might we might have got some policy out of girl oh. girlfriend. Oh my goodness! I mean, I, I had a lot of high hopes for Marianne Williamson. So first of all, I, I think she should have been at the JV table. I don't think she was quite ready okay. for night two, but she uh, triggered me and brought me in because she was the only person who was trying to you know go for reparations. So I said, okay, well, let's hear the sister out. You know what I'm saying? She got to And she was reparations <laughs> way before it got cool. Right? She Absolutely. was reparations like in 2018. All right. So I'm, I'm, I, I gave her that. Um, and I was just like, you know, after a while, I was like, is she trying to, to market her own brand of weed? Uh, you know, very. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
what is Mariana Water? Like, what is she trying to do up here? Because every time they ask her, she's like, look, you know what? Let's just, you know, pound one out and smoke one and just, you know, chill. Y'all, y'all <laughs> tripping with all this policy up in here. Right. You know, you, you taking my buzz. I'm like, damn, like, girl, come on, man. And, she uh, said, what the country needs is love. And <laughs> she, she went into this whole thing about love, which may or may not be true, but I'm like, I'm not voting for love. <laughs> I don't know how you legislate that, right? Or, you know, put that in the policy, girl. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but, but I'm, I was, you know, she, like I said, she was, you know, good for the JV table. But it was good to sort of get to night two. And then we saw the shakeup. I just want to sort of set the stage for, for everybody because some of y'all don't remember. Uh, about two weeks ago, uh, Biden already had his um, inauguration tickets printed up. Right. <laughs> right. He certainly has the Democratic nomination. He, he's already getting, you know, like, look, this one, this one, I'm aware on the first night of the convention. This one, I'm aware. Of. See, he was putting his clothes out, you know, at night before, night before, two years right. before. He was set, and I thought he was set too because he had like half of the black vote. Until, <laughs> until this happened, we got to play the clip. This is when when when, when Kamala, Kamala, uh, ooh, we'll just play the clip. On the issue of race, I couldn't agree more that this is an issue that is still not being talked about truthfully and honestly. I there is not a black man I know, be he a relative, a friend, or a coworker, who has not been the subject of some form of profiling or discrimination. Growing up, my sister and I had to deal with the neighbor who told us her parents couldn't play with us because she because we were black. And I will say also that that in this campaign, we have also heard, and I'm going to now direct this at Vice President Biden. Um, I do not believe you are a racist, and I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it is personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful, to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. So I will tell you that on this subject, it cannot be an intellectual debate among Democrats. We have to take it seriously. We have to act swiftly. As Attorney General of California, I was very proud to put in place a, a requirement that all my special agents would wear body cameras and keep those cameras on. Senator Harris, thank you. Vice President Biden, you have been invoked. We are going to give you a chance to read. Before now, we the, get to the, Biden's rebuttal, I, I, we do have to sort of warn people that, you know, Biden took one on the chin there. Mm-hmm. But he did right. show that, that he had a little bit, all right, left on the counter. Uh, so let's, let's get to Biden's right. counterpunch. Vice President Biden. It's a mischaracterization of my position across the board. I did not praise racist. That is not true. 
number one. Number two, if we want to have this campaign litigated on who supports civil rights and whether I did or not, I'm happy to do that. I was a public defender. I didn't become a prosecutor. I came out and I left a good law firm to become a public defender. When in fact, when in fact, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. He's like, I wasn't a popo. I was just going to say, when she was talking about she had her officers commissioned to wear body cameras, and I was like, well, you know, there's a lot of people in the community who would say that, despite the fact that you had the video, you still <laughs> the people anyway. Um, so I don't know. There's there's all kinds of uh, articles coming out the woodwork now. And I do want to give a special shout out to uh, Ingrid Shepard, who comments regularly <laughs> that uh, Kamala Harris has failed to do as a prosecutor. Um, I still think, you know, to an extent, there's a lot of extra heat that goes on her for doing a job that essentially all prosecutors do. Uh, but it was interesting to see Joe Biden. It tells me that his ear is to the community at least well enough to know what people are talking about in the barbershop. Okay. Because that whole, like, <laughs> public defender versus DA argument, that I, I feel like that was rooted in black community. So somebody's mentioned to Joe Biden. <laughs> well, here's the thing that, that reminded me of this, because I was all said, oh, man, Joe's just going to run with this thing. I was, you know, I wasn't a big fan of it either, because I knew Joe, Joe, Joe's strategy was like, look, let me go ahead and convince these seven white people uh, that, you know, and that, that I'm, I'm for them. And I'll just wink to black people. You know, they, they, they know I'm down with Obama. We boys. I'll get it. You know, mm-hmm. I was, we, he, we, right. we, got, we both got matching tats or something. And we'll be set. Right? <laughs> I ain't going right. to give them nothing. Right, no policy, no no policy assurance, no nothing. But 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 this changed the whole race. The last poll I looked at, uh, Kamala had the same um, percentages as Joe. Um, so she just jumped up in there, you know. Now it's still wide open, all right. But but Joe fell from like forty to twenty, and Kamala's like twenty, and then you know you got Bernie and and Elizabeth about fifteen. So it's a, it's a race now. Yeah, and and I think what really struck me is. I, I just don't understand what was in Joe's mindset because he's been doing damage control ever since that night to talk about how he wasn't prepared and he felt like she ambushed him with this attack and he wasn't expecting it. But I'm like, everybody, that was, that's been the main criticism that everybody had of you. It was like, right. we think that you're, you're trying to run under this Obama mantle, but it's not like Obama is coming out right now and vouching for you. Right, Obama's gonna wait to see who wins. <laughs> He's gonna vouch for whoever wins against Trump. Oh no, um, you know what Joe said originally though. He was like, "Look, you know what? I talked to Obama. Was like, look, I was gonna endorse you. And I'm like, look, man, don't don't even do it. Don't don't put your finger on the scale. You know, let's just get this fair." Like, he was basically insinuating that Obama couldn't wait to come out for him. But he had to hold Obama <laughs> back. He was like, "Hold, you know, hold him back. Hold on back, before I got this." Um, you, we both know that that that, that ain't true. But it is interesting how Joe is just trying to, to you know, to, to come out now. As far as anybody else in that debate, I'm trying to think. We had Kamala, we had Biden, we had Bernie. Um, you know, the thing about Bernie is I like Bernie's policies. I really do. Um, but Bernie, um, he's he going to have to stop yelling so much. <laughs> Not that he seems yeah. loud, but he just sounds like somebody's crazy, cranky grandpa. And I'm gonna tell you a little something. And I don't care. You can, you can 
write me letters, all right? But send them to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. That's my home address. <laughs> <laughs> Washington, D.C., all right? Send them to me. But here's the thing is, is that I'm going to tell you, Bernie Tudamo will be president. I'm going to say it now. Joe Biden, too damn old to be president. Here's how. Here's my theory: is if you too old to run AARP, you too damn old to be president of the United States. <laughs> and, and the president, I'm not kidding, of the AARP. All right, the president is 59 years old. Now, old mm. people don't trust old people to run their shit. <laughs> so why the hell we got we got we got we got a president running running Medicare for six year olds? All right, and Medicaid, right, for, for, for babies doing, doing policies on abortion. And, uh, and the old people wouldn't even trust you to get them a discount on, on dinner. Right. Well, you know, as somebody who was a big time Bernie fan last go round. Me too. I kind of feel like this is a different Bernie that I'm seeing this year. His message and his policies haven't changed, but the number of times that he lost his train of thought in mm. trying to communicate an idea, it was like, Oh my God, he's, his age is really starting to progress. I don't know that he's going to be able to sustain all this going forward. And the other thing I think about when I think of Bernie is his plans and policies are not that vastly different from Elizabeth Warren's. Nope. So it really feels like the two of them need to meet and try to dictate who's going to be the person running in this election and the other person be a supporter. Like I, I don't understand why, you know, we have a million people running for office. And then we had somebody who just declared today. I'm like, you, you weren't even part of the debate. So, <laughs> oh, you know, know. Tired of the billionaire guy? The was, billionaire, yeah. He, he getting in to try to actually, in my opinion, trying to sabotage the Dems because he want to make sure they don't to increase his tax rate. Okay. These billionaires just come out and be like, look, y'all, y'all, y'all can't be increasing the top tax rate. Elizabeth Warren won't pay for all the kids' college right on my tax mm. rate. And as a result, um, I don't want, right? I, I, you know, and so he figures if I can take out the centrist Democrats, get, you know, all I need is five, six percent of the vote. And I can go ahead okay. and, and I don't need the party. You know, I got money. I can, I can handle my own stuff. By the way, why does everybody, and this is what I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out. Trump is like trying to raise his billions, right? The Democrats mm-hmm. are raising their money. And I can understand the primary why you're raising your money. But tell me why in the 21st century does anyone need to be putting, like Donald Trump needs an ad on TV. Nobody knows who, there's anybody who don't know who Trump is. At this point, no. <laughs> exactly. Is there anybody who's going to be like, hmm, you know what? I just don't know about that guy. Sometimes I like him, sometimes I don't. Let me see this latest ad to make my mind up for me. Right. It seems like Trump should be able to run for free. He's going to get all the media on TV, right, all the stuff on the Internet. They're going to talk about his tweets every day. And I don't know who he's trying to convince in a commercial. They ain't already convinced. It seems like to me is, as a matter of fact, if you are undecided right now, your ass is too stupid to vote. Yeah, yeah I agree. But then the issue is who's going to pay off Vladimir Putin for okay, fair election enough. Fair enough. I'm, I'm <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm seeing the short. I'm not seeing the, yeah. the full picture. You're right about that. <laughs> you, you, you're right about that. Now we moved past the the, the, the debates, um, and let's see. We, you know, we we moved into a, a little bit of of you know. You know what? I guess we should move then to I guess what we what happened next with the Supreme Court. Um, okay. The Supreme Court had a. Big, big week um, that week. Two weeks ago, the last 
week of the year of, and the Supreme Court term always ends by June 30th. So they were coming out with opinions. I think the last day was the Thursday, June 27th. And they're just like everybody else. Now think about it. They had all year. They started in October, but they just like my 15 year old. They doing a term paper the night before. <laughs> right? And then two days before, think about it, before the end of the month, they doing their last, getting their last opinions in. And they always wait to put the big ones, right? It's always like, you know, the gay marriage or, you know, this year, I guess, one of the two big opinions were one, the gerrymandering case. Right. And for those of you who don't know, basically, it's simple, right? We've been gerrymandering forever. But in 2010, the Republicans took it to a whole nother level. And what they did was find ways so that even when they lost a popular vote, they still won the majority of seats in the House and Senate. So, for instance, in your state of North Carolina, even though the last election was like 50-50, they still got like 70% of the House seats. Yep. Right, because yep. they figured out how to draw the lines carefully. And so what happened is, is that the, a, a case finally got to the court. Now, here's what's crazy about this. For one, those lines they originally drew, they drew them right after the 2010 census. They got into effect in 2011. Uh, some of you might not know this, but it's 2019. Right. It's eight years it took for that to work its way all the way through. We're going to have the new census in 2010, which we're going to talk about in a minute, 2020, which means basically it took eight years to get a resolution for the next two years. And then yeah. they'll have to redraw the lines again. So this whole way of challenging gerrymandering is kind of silly because by the time you challenge it, you don't have three elections under the old system. Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's what the court said. The court said, well, good, then. You know what? Don't bother us with this anymore. You keep coming up in here time and time again with this Jerry man, Jerry, 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 Jerry. And this ain't no damn Jerry Springer. This, this ain't late night TV. I'm tired of yelling with Jerry up in here. Our name is Bennett and we ain't in it. And in a nutshell said, hey, unless you got some racial lines you think we're drawn for racial reasons, right? Unless you have something that you think is unconstitutional in, in some other respect, just because they cheated, all right? Uh, Basically, we can't help you there. And partly what they said was, you need to go to people who can help you, Congress. Right. Now, now here is where it's silly. One, they said, you need to go to your state legislature. And said, like, no, we can't go to our state legislature because we can't elect nobody other than who we have now. Because <laughs> they're cheating. <laughs> so he said, hey, go to Congress. And the idea was, yeah, right. Right. Congress ain't going to do a damn thing. How's the Republican Senate? going to make a, you know, want to pass a federal law to eliminate the edge they have in 33 states now. Right. But here is where I think that, and, and, you know, there's been a hint to it, and, and here's where I think there is some, something that the Dems can do, and that we need to start cheating too. See, we have yeah. blue states now, or, or, you know, states that were barely blue-purple states, and when we have the advantage there, we cheat a little bit. You know, they, they've been cheating for years in Chicago. They're going to draw the lines a little bit, but we ain't drawing the lines where you can't possibly take over control, right, back. We, you know, we cheat a little bit. And it's right. like, you know what? We need to cheat a lot. All right? We need to cheat so much that, that basically the Democrat, the Republicans have to come to the table because they know they ain't going to never get Washington, Oregon, Massachusetts, none of New England, right? You know, Illinois, New York, 
right? Ever back. Right. And that means right. that, you know, we, we, but, but to me, and I think maybe, you know, best analogy for it is sort of like, you know, the rules of the game have changed. Supreme Court told you, we are not messing with this anymore. And the Dems still crying, oh, and it's like when the three point rule changed in basketball. And there were a lot of teams out there like, oh, this is ridiculous. We should be, uh, you know, um, you know, um, we, we should be rewarding other types of play. This isn't, you know, the real basketball. We're purists. And the other teams were like, shoot, we're going to go out here and get three points for your two. We're going to go get right. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, right? And all these other people who can shoot. And then the hell with you, all right, with your, you know, worried about the days of old. And, and I think the Dems are going to have to finally take the gloves off. We're going to need to start gerrymandering. We're going to need to also start voter suppression. Old people can't vote anymore. All right. You know what? You need, you need a current ballot driver's license to vote. All right. If your ass is 70 and we took your license because you tend to run over stop signs, well, then your ass ain't going to get to vote no more. And not because I want to screw the old people out of voting, but what I want to do is to be able to bring the Republicans to the table. And make them have to negotiate with the Democrats and say, okay, you mm-hmm. need to change all this. But as long as we only play defense and they play offense, why would they ever agree? So the main take, the main takeaway here is we need to cheat more like Tristan Thompson. There you go. Or Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> we need to be world class cheaters. Um, you know, and, and I'll tell, I'll say this just from a North Carolina perspective, I, I felt like the whole, case as it developed was stupid because even when the federal courts got involved and they issued many of our elections throughout the state essentially as being illegal mm-hmm. the person who won was still in power so it's not like they took the people out and said, well right. you gotta have a new election or anything else it was just tabled until all these appeals had eventually been heard and now we have a final decision and like you said it was eight years in the making for something that's going to have a two-year impact. And in North Carolina, we've already conceded, despite the fact that we we are historically a purple state. Uh, we're just weird like that. People will vote for Republican General Assemblyman, but a Democrat for a governor, just so nothing gets done. I don't know. But um, that is despite that. The biggest political affiliation in America is the I don't want shit get done. Uh, coalition. <laughs> that, that, you know, Hillary, everyone's talking about the blue wave and how in 2018 people were mad at Trump and so they brought in the Democrats. Uh, no. Hillary, you gotta love this, right? Won 25, um, districts that the Republicans took in the House in 2016. Mm-hmm. And she won them by an average of 30 points. People voted for Hillary, 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 and then they said, you know what? We're gonna put a Republican in. Right? And with her, because we don't want her to get shit done. And And then when they woke up on, like, you know, that that Wednesday morning, like the rest of us going, Trump done won. The next year, they, two years, they took all those people out and replaced them with Democrats. Not because they were, oh, we had some change of heart. No, no, no. It's simply they wanted to have a president of one party and Congress of another. And when the president tried to be a different party than what they thought, they just flipped up the Congress because that's how people like it. So you're right in the sense that they're going to keep doing this, you know, um, a BS of, you know, Democrat on one side, Republican on the other. The other one of the other big decisions from two weeks ago was the census question. Those mm-hmm. of you who don't remember, the, the Trump administration announced early, early that they were going to add a question on the census that says, are you a citizen? 
we know the purpose of this is so that they will get Latinos and others, anybody, for instance, who is, you know, not here legally or even of, of just, you know, has a green card is, is not going to want to put these down. Or what if you're in a house where a couple of you have citizenship status, but the others don't? Right. And what they're trying to do is to decrease the number of returns that you get from places like California, Illinois, New York. Right. Obvious. And for obvious reasons, because remember, the census determines how many reps you get in the next uh, 2021 elections. Right. Or 2020 elections. Or I'm sorry, basically after 2020, after 2020. Right. But after those elections happen for for the next decade, the apportionment of seats in the House is set on the census data from 2020. So what they're trying to do is depress the number of people in California so that you have less reps in California. You get greater representation of these other places. Also, there's less money that goes to California because they have fewer people. Now, the, the, the way the Constitution is set up is that they're actually – the government is mandated to take a census every 10 years. And the census is defined as not the number of citizens in the U.S., the number of people living in the U.S., Right. Because it would be a good idea to run a country if you knew how many people were in a damn thing, right? Legal or, right. or not. And Trump is, in a sense, trying to only get it so that only legal people, right, will return the balance or will return the census information. Now, the weird part about it is, is that, as you know, when you – and maybe you can explain this better to the audience as a fellow lawyer – when the U.S. government wants to change a policy, unless it deals, unless there's some claims of racial discrimination, of gender discrimination, of religious discrimination, all the government has to play to show is a reasonable basis. Right. Right. There's some possible rational reason for us doing this. Here's what you're going to love about this. The Supreme Court ruled last week. The five Republicans, right, appointees, that, um, no, they're not a damn good reason for this. Right. You haven't shown us one damn reason to add that question. And we got several memos here from people saying, oh, yeah, we're going to make sure that no black and brown people fill this out. Mm-hmm. Now, the best part about it, though, is, of course, is that Roberts sort of defected and joined the liberals because the other four Supreme Court justices were fine with it. They're like, you know, do you, boo-boo. Right? I, I, I don't care, <laughs> right, Trump. And it only came down to Roberts saying, no, no. And Roberts is in an interesting position because you think that, the, you know, 5-4, they would just run things. But Roberts does understand that it's the Roberts court. Basically, he knows his name is on all this. And right. just like, for instance, the Warren court, right, we know them for um, Brown versus Board of Education. We know them for Roe v. Wade. We know them for uh, the Miranda case, which said that J-Lo or Carmen Miranda must get all the, the Latino roles. Well, you know, the, the Gideon <laughs> versus Wainwright, right? That's why you have a Gideon Bible in your hotel room because of that case. But you get the point, right? <laughs> you, we all know James Brown versus Board of Education. But the point is, is that, like, Warren Court, right? Everybody says that's the Warren Court, right? And so right. Roberts understands that, you know what, uh, 40 years from now, my grandkids want to answer for some of this bullshit. Right. And so I don't want it to be so ridiculous. But here's the crazy part is. So the Supreme Court said you got to take the question off. And go ahead, Jesse, just spend drum roll, please. What did Trump administration say? 
Yeah, drum roll coming. Yeah, I get drum drum roll. Um, the Trump administration is saying, "So what? We gonna do what we want to do?" (laughs) (laughs) Now, people don't seem to understand how huge this is. The Supreme Court, the only way we've had a court and the only way it's worked in the past is that everyone has sort of said, okay, even though it's only nine of you old people, you only got robes, you don't have a police force or army, we're going to do what you say anyway. Because that's how our system should work. We have checks and balances. But no one has ever really had to do what they say. Think about it. What if Trump don't take it off? What's going to happen? Ruth Bader Ginsburg going to run around and start collecting them by hand? She's going to get white out and start whiting the questions out? They don't have a, a, I mean, army, a police force, right? They they got like you know one bailiff like from night court. They got like bull from night court, right? For the whole story, right? right? <laughs> so right. so if the president says the hell with y'all, then I guess it's the hell with y'all. And now we have a president who's really willing to do that to say the hell with y'all. I'm gonna do what I want to do. Ugh. Well, well, you know, and that's interesting because I'll say since we were talking about the Warren Court before. Um, even with that, with the, the integration with all delivery speed, that's when you had all the state governors who felt like they had support in Congress mm-hmm. who were standing in front of the doors preventing black people from integrating their schools. And the only reason that those schools ever did get integrated was because you had White Eisenhower as a president who believed in federalism more than he Thank believed you. in states' rights. So he was like, you know, regardless of whether I agree with integration or not, the court has spoken, and the court trumps what you peons and <laughs> government do. So if you got a problem with them, then you got a problem with me, and I'm sending my troops in. And Thank that's when you. people are like, okay, well, I'll move. But if you have a president now like Trump who's saying, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to allow it. I'm going to allow mass, you know, discrimination or whatever, and who cares what the court says? Well, it creates a dangerous precedent. And, I, and I'm more concerned not just about Trump. Um, this is one of those things that go to the fabric of America. Like, this means that any president moving forward can officially break from this concept of federalism that we were founded for. So, so now, who cares that there's even Article 3? Oh, I mean, I don't know exactly. We'll get rid of the Supreme Court. And here's the thing that the Dems are messing up on. They keep looking for new evidence, new reasons to want to uh, impeach Trump. This week, what's the reason du jour is uh, Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein right? right? right. And maybe Trump was, 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 was on the island of misfit, you know, toys, right? Maybe Trump was out there with them. And it's like, look. You don't, what do you want, this week you want to bring, I think Mueller's going to come in later this week, right? So that they can get his testimony. I'm like, you don't need any more testimony. You need to impeach him, even if you can't remove him, because you need to reestablish the precedent that we have a rule of law. That if you subpoena records, that the White House can't just go, well, nope, I'm not going to give them to you. Because, or if the Supreme Court says you can't put that census on, (laughs) that question on the census, and they go, um, uh, yes, I can. Uh, we own the printing, we hold the printing press here. And it's like, right. allow Trump to do that and you don't impeach him. If he can't be removed, then basically you say to the next president, do you, boo boo? It's your. Right. And, you know, it, it's like, you have to impeach him, like I said, even if you can't remove him, just to sort of set, reset level, right? So that, you know, basically Trump leaves office with the, with the guy who was impeached 48 times. Right. And the next person says, damn, you know, uh, I might want to get one done when I done, but, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm trying to stay under 50. 
I, I want to make right. sure, you know, that my legacy is insecure. And by the way, you know, the presidents who have been impeached, there are only two of them. Or even Nixon didn't get impeached, right? We only have Andrew Johnson, okay, and uh, Clinton. And so, you know, the idea that, that somehow it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. All right? Trump does not want to be impeached, especially when the black guy didn't. Right. <laughs> That's like going to jail when the brother, when Pookie don't. Right. Now, you don't want to have him on your record if Pookie doesn't. So I'm telling you, impeach him, impeach him, impeach, impeach his ass every, every two. Remember, that's all you should do. He's like, you know what? What are we impeaching for today? Oh, man. I think we said, as I said, I think we called him. He literally left yesterday. All right. Let's go impeach him. Um, mm. and make sure that we understand that none of this should be accepted as normal. Because like you said, you know, we don't have a, a democracy anymore, it, or at least we don't have a republic, a representative democracy, if the president just decides, I'm just going to do what the hell I want to do. Right. Right. Which, which also calls into question whether or not he feels like a four-year term for president is, is sufficient pursuant to the Constitution. He might feel like, no, nah, I think I get the rest of my life to be president. Man, uh, and I, I can totally see after 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 next year, especially if you continue. Because here's the thing about it: it's like it's like the thing about it. We're raising kids, all right. You know how this works. You give your kids a little leeway, right? Right. You know, tell them, you know, they ain't got to take a bath on, on on Friday and see if they go run to the tub on Saturday. No, fucking right. <laughs> weekend, right? I'm going all weekend. I go to to the end of summer if you let me, right? It's like right. no one is like, oh, you gave me a little bit. I'm just gonna take this, right? Whatever you give me, people are gonna want more. And so you know, you gotta nip that in the bud. And just and he you know what they need to do? They need to treat Trump like they would treat black people who lick the ice cream off the top of the ice cream uh, container. Oh man, and and this has just sparked a, a whole national phenomenon because it's not just. The sister that was in Texas that went licking bluebell ice cream. First of all, first of all, let me backtrack. The, what makes somebody in their right mind going through a grocery store say, let me take out a carton of ice cream, rip the top off, lick it, and put it back in the ice cream? Take? Like, what makes somebody think that? Then on top of that, like, grocery stores got cameras everywhere, so you're going to be seeing then on top of that, like, it's, it's a movement now. Like, because she did it, it sparked some kind of desire for people to do all kinds of contamination of grocery products that they're posting. Now, I've been told that a lot of these people are actually buying the product that they spit okay. in or licked okay. on or whatever, and they're just doing it now to, to go right. with the trend. Right, right. Just to get, get, get some likes and some, and some, uh, yeah, some, some YouTube. Right. Revenue, uh, and and the interesting about it, you know, so, so let's take a step back and say, you know, that I don't know what possessed her to do that, but I do know this: um, you you do understand that that, that this was a this was a whole ass baby, all right. And I, some sister said right. that, I love the expression. She's sixteen, all right. Right. So so she ain't even got all the molars in, all right. She she's stupid. And that, that, if, you, if you ain't got all your wisdom teeth, you know you, ain't, you know you ain't got no wisdom if you ain't got any wisdom teeth, all right. So, so that's, <laughs> that's how that works. And, and what got me, though, was she done messed up. See, I came out in defense. I was like, look, this is our baby, all right? White boy would do this kind of stuff, right? right? White boy get to tape uh, him raping a woman, and just and, and he's from a good family. He good, all right? <laughs> but you know, have to go to jail because you realize that they talk about a 20-year prison sentence, all right? 20-year felony. Yep. Felony, right? You got rec- your record. You can't vote nothing for the rest of your life, all right? 20 years for licking some ice cream. And, and so I'm like, you know, but here's the problem she ran into. 
uh, what she did was nasty. And, and, and black people got a special place in our hearts for nasty. Oh, yes. Oh, they, yes. Her mama wanted her to go to jail at least 10 years. <laughs> because that's nasty, baby. All right. I can, I can hear my grandmother now. My grandmother, the church woman, could forgive anybody, right? Believe in forgiveness. Uh, but my, 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 my sainty grandmother would be like, uh, that bitch need to go to jail. All right, uh, you know, black people don't play with nasty. All right, so she done messed up. She can't. She can't go to the NAACP uh, defense fund because they got a special exclusion for nasty. All right, and so she gonna have a problem there. Um, but I, you know, I saw pictures. You know, a few years ago, a white boy got his naked ass in the the Burger King dishes. You know, sink took a whole. Oh yeah, I remember. Meal, right? Remember anybody? Remember how? Remember how many years he spent in prison? Remember? Anybody? Bueller? No. Exactly. Anybody with mind that at all? The sister done licked the ice cream. And you know who I blame for this? I blame Bluebell. <laughs> Here's why. You can't okay. do that with Hagen-Dazs. Hagen dazs got a little a flip gun. Got film on it, yeah. Thing on top of it. You can't do that with uh, Ben & Jerry. They got a plastic thing off. Matter of fact, I, I got some Ben & Jerry that, that, that has basically melted because I could not get the container, the plastic thing off the container fast enough. Because you need to get, you need to have like wire cutters, all right, to get into the Ben & Jerry. Right? <laughs> you ain't going to just do that with your bare hands. And so I'm like, look, you know, Bluebell, you could have solved all this with 10 cents on plastic. All right, rapper, and you already done had a contamination. Remember that listeria thing that shut down all the. Oh people? yes, I remember. So, so if you done already had the cooties, why would you not put the cootie wrapper on? Right? Why would you let people lick the top of your ice cream for to save ten cents when you done already had your stuff shut, shut down? All right, you just well, laid me cheap. So the hell with y'all, Bluebell. I'm gonna lick your well, ice cream. In Bluebell's defense, okay, their motto is Bluebell tastes just like the good old days. So. Things like smallpox, bubonic plague, that's, those are, those are creatures of the good old days. And they're just trying to remind you of where, how far we've progressed. So they wanted to be readily accessible. Uh, and, and listeria, you know, who cares? Uh, so, but, but my, my other thing just to say is if you're going to make a mistake, if you're going to break a law, if you're going to do anything, even in a period of being a young teenager and being stupid, Please, 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 listeners, please don't do it in Texas. <laughs> Good point. Good point. All right. That, that is extra stupid. That, that's too extra. That, that, she, she probably ain't, got, ain't even got incisors or bicuspids if you're going to do something that stupid. I grant you. You don't need wisdom teeth to know not to do that in Texas. Yeah, and I'm sure they're searching for a way to give her the death penalty for it. Absolutely. Or they don't have to worry about the death penalty because all they need to do is is to try to just be a black man and get in an apartment building in San Francisco. Mm, 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 mm. And the police can so, get out to give you a killing for them. <laughs> so this this story was very heartbreaking, and it was heartbreaking to me more so than the others because there was a child involved. Mm. So the, the, the white child there sees his dad. Uh, apparently there's a black guy waiting for his friend to get there. White guy takes it upon himself to be, I don't know what he thought he was, George Zimmerman, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he is questioning this black guy who's not bothering anybody, who's just at the door waiting for a friend. And now this guy feels like he has police power. And what a black guy to say, well, no, because you should have used the call box and this, that. Meanwhile, this, this child, this innocent kid 
is actually in agreement with the black guy at the door. And he's telling his dad, I don't think you should do this. Let's just go. And he's crying. He's saying, let's just go. Let's just go. And dad is like, no, I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to stop here. And I'm, I'm going to give him the third degree. And then I'm calling the police and I'm reporting him and blah, blah, blah. And then what really just made the video great, because they have this whole conversation back and forth. The lady that the black guy was waiting for actually pulls up. <laughs> she pulls up. She's handicapped. He's helping her out the car. <laughs> and this guy just looks stupid. Like, you just see this look of the egg all over his face because his kid tried to tell him. The black guy tried to tell him. But he just felt so entitled to be able to have some kind of authority over somebody else merely because this guy was standing at a door. Oh, and you know, I just do just don't get it. What 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 makes them think that they are all hall monitors? What's that? I think they. I think that's what happens is at the cotillion or wherever they go. You know, when you have maybe the Boy Scouts, they have a little ceremony and they're all deputized as hall monitors for life. And if they feel that they have the authority among any black person to investigate and figure out what they are doing here. Now, the best thing is that guy. You know, had to shut down all his social media. People started looking for him, calling him to get his get fired, and I'm I'm gonna work on that this week. If I get anything done, I'm gonna get him fired. But but the interesting about it is, is that he 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 wrote this little piece on Medium, and he says, look, you know, I felt this way because one, you know, my dad a couple years ago was killed, and he was his dad was murdered for doing the same shit. He 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 walked up to the wrong dude, right, and he happened to be a mentally ill person who killed the dad, and mm. I'm like. Then you should have known twice that you're supposed to mind your goddamn business, right? You know, how many people you need in your family to get killed before you learn learn mind your goddamn business? All right. The other thing he said, which I knew, and this is why people stop saying this shit. All right, is he said, "Well, we had a lot of break-ins recently." Um, <laughs> J- Jesse, uh, your, your 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 house you bought a couple years ago. How many times has it been broken into? In the suburbs. Uh, zero. Uh, yeah, exactly. My, my black ass been living in the suburbs uh, pretty much since I got out of law school uh, for 30 years. Uh, how many times do you think my apartment or house has been broken into? <laughs> and round numbers. Exactly. Zero. Right? <laughs> yeah. so this is a YouTube executive living in some plus downtown Chicago, San Francisco uh, apartment. Uh, I guess he, I guess he getting his shit stolen every Tuesday, right? That's why he paid <laughs> $2,000 association fee a month so he can get robbed every week, right? I love George Zimmerman was saying the same stuff. Well, I had to check out Trayvon. We we had a lot of break-ins. What the hell is going on in white neighborhoods? Because I ain't never been broken into. I've been black my whole life. Never been. I born. Never. I'm straight out of Compton. All right. But somehow right. white people get robbed every damn day by the four black people in San Francisco. <laughs> oh man. Well, I heard an interesting theory today about um, white guilt. Okay. Particularly in, in a city like San Francisco, where there's such abject poverty everywhere. Like, I don't know for any of our San Francisco listeners, whenever I go to San Francisco, there's a really great Mexican restaurant I go to eat at, and it's on Mission Street. And I never understood until, you know, I walked the entirety of Mission Street that there are multiple missions on Mission Street. And you just come from a couple blocks over where you got people staying in multi-million dollar houses and apartments and all this stuff. And you get to Mission Street, and you're like, wow, like, people just don't even care. Um, and so... It, 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 that was a scene from, uh, I walked in the middle of the day. You know what that was a scene from? Remember see I Am Legend? Yes. Yes. 
It, it looked it, it look like that of Walking Dead. I, I, there was a, an edible store on that street. Now, hypothetically, I wasn't at the edible store. I, I went to your know, Whole Food place, but but it was on the street there <laughs> at, at the little dispensary. And so um, I happened to be you know, near that area generally, and uh, happened to be on Mission Street. And uh, I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't like weed that much. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just gonna go give me a bottle of wine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pray for me. But the point is, uh, <laughs> is that, yeah, you're right about Mission Street. Uh, that is not – if you got a hotel on there, you need, uh, you need, you need to get a new travel agent. <laughs> yeah, man, but, you know, it's just one of those things. And, like, even when we went to the restaurant, you see all these people with money eating at the Mexican restaurant overlooking the skyline and just downstairs. It's like four people who are literally laying on a cardboard box uh, and, and asking for people's leftovers when they're leaving. Like – and, and it's like San Francisco, I guess the people there are just used to it because you go two blocks over and you've got those high-end fashion levels and that fashion district and all that. Right. Stores I can't even pronounce. You know, and I'm like, wow, folks don't even care. So I think there's a certain aspect of guilt that makes people feel like I've got so much and they're ignored so much that they just think we are coming up there to take what they have because obviously since we don't have it, we must want it. And I think one of the misconceptions is, you know, a lot of the people I passed who were living on Mission Street, they weren't bothering anybody. Like they won't, they won't bugging you. They won't ask you for nothing. They may not necessarily like their position in life, but they won't go out trying to take stuff from other people. Not to say that there weren't people who were, but I don't know that those people lived on Mission Street. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> troublemakers, outside troublemakers. Uh, no, no, I agree with you. Know, it's it's you're absolutely right. I mean, I think people, you know, just at that point, you know, they're not dangerous, whatever. But you know, there definitely is 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 a, a strange thing. And you see this in a lot of big cities, New York. You see it as well. You know, you don't see it this in the suburbs, right? You 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 know, you ain't gonna walk down two blocks and all of a sudden see you know, um, you know, a bunch of people who are homeless and and and, and all of that. You know, we have weird wealth. Like, and here's the thing that's amazing to me. I'm I'm always amazed that that somehow still works, that somehow our poor people have decided that, you know what, I'm just going to stay poor. Because right. if you have that in old Venezuela, uh, your kids get kidnapped on the way right. from prep school. Absolutely. Right. You got to build a big, a, a big fort and towers. Right. You got to be like Scarface. Right, having you know, all kind of gun towers and a bunch of cocaine just to make it through your day. But somehow in America, you can be Bill Gates and just walk amongst people with nothing, with billions. And they'd be like, yeah, nice suit, Bill. Um, but you know, maybe I mean, that might change. Now the last thing that definitely has changed, and, 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 and white people, I, 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 how do I say this? I feel your pain. Okay? Uh, y'all done lost Ariel. The <laughs> yes, I, I, I know we, we, we felt the same way when we lost uh, Tiger Woods. I get it. All right. I understand. Um, but sometimes, you, you know, you got to take you got to take it. You got to take the good with the bad. Take them back both. There you have the facts of life. The facts of life. Right? Don't <laughs> right? Sometimes you're going to lose to duty. Right? That's just the way it works. And y'all lost to a good one. Y'all lost to Halle Bailey. Now, let's be clear. Not Halle Berry, okay? Right. All right. Although Halle Berry still look good enough, she can play Little Mermaid if she want to. All right. But no, no, Halle Bailey, sister, can sing, sing every Super Bowl like last six years, the, the national anthem. Um, her and her sister, uh, singers, actress, beautiful young woman, and she done stole the aerial 
And white people lost their minds. Lost their absolute mind. So first of all, let me let me backtrack. Yeah, backtrack. Right? Just, backtrack. In case, just in case we have people who may not be familiar with Disney productions. Disney is in the process of remaking their classic movies and converting them from uh, animated format to being more realistic. So they've already dropped Aladdin. We've got Lion King coming out next, uh, I think next week or July 19th, actually. Lion King coming out. Uh, and I, I saw Aladdin. I was skeptical about it, but I was pleasantly surprised. And I happen to be a big Aladdin fan from the beginning, so that's why I was skeptical. But this was pretty good. I think it, it's good. How you going to sleep on Will Smith? M-S-M-I-F-F. Smith. You know I mean, Willie was going was gonna to bring it. That, that's, I love the movie, too. Sorry, too. Loved it. Yeah, you know, I always get nervous when I see people douse their skin in a different color and project something. <laughs> I mean, if you know, it just feels black faces. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, but it, it turned out really well. And I think that what Disney's trying to do and move into this is they're also trying to cater to a new audience that's not going to be impressed with cartoons. A new right. audience is, you know, young kids who are now coming of age. They may or may not have seen the old classics. But this is an opportunity for Disney to kind of put their toe in the water. And I applaud them for taking on this, this as a challenge. So Disney, in doing this, has also gone back and reevaluated their movies to look at some of the stereotypical things that they've included in the movies historically, some of the omissions for diversity that they've had historically. And they're trying to do what they can to rectify those situations through casting for this new wave of movies. So. It's not a shocker that they've picked uh, someone who's black to be Ariel. It's not a shocker because if you look at the original movie, there's not one actual black person in the movie. No black mermaid. Uh, even the the, the uh, main villain was purple. Uh, and the only black person, the only remotely black person was the freaking lobster. <laughs> that's what the oh, bad made crab, the next absolutely. The, the crab, crab, yeah, yeah. Holy crab, right? Yeah. <laughs> With the horrible Jamaican accent that Jamaican people are very, very upset about. <laughs> very upset. So now, you know, we got this recasting going on. But for some reason, I think that, again, there's this, this concept of white propriety, right? right. So you feel like I, I own this character, and as a result, this character needs to always look a certain way. So the fact that somebody different is cast for a fictitious character about a fictitious creature in a piece of fiction from Hans Christian Andersen, the, the fact that this has even become a debate is ridiculous. They've had Facebook groups, Christians against uh, Black Ariel. They, they've had all kinds of groups that are like promoting agendas about how they want to boycott Disney and all this stuff. Um and, and, you know, it's really sad because Halle Bailey is very talented, as you mentioned. I think she has a, a, a large following in the demographic that they're trying to serve. Absolutely. Because, A, she was discovered, I think her and her sister got discovered by Beyonce when they were kids. Absolutely. So she's got the Beyonce bump, so you know that's going to get ratings. Then on top of that, she's been on uh, Grownish. Uh, which was the spinoff of Blackish. Um, she's she's been like she's been active in Disney productions anyway. So I mean I don't know why this is such a stretch. I think people are nervous because you know how it is. 
once you give something to a black person, it's never coming back to you in the same way. <laughs> you can't get you can't get it back. Once they gave once they gave national anthem to Whitney Houston, it's right. the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. American beautiful. Yeah, Marvin Gaye, right? You once you get once you get once we get it, we're gonna we're gonna black it up and then you like okay, let's get back in it. You know, we can stretch it out. But 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 here's the thing that got me was two a couple things about it. One, these were grown ass women. All right, who were whining about a kids movie? Let me like me being mad that the cat in the hat no longer is wearing Kango, and he now like what the hell would I give a damn about a cat in the hat? I'm grown, right? The other thing though was was was, was to me was how none of them could seem to understand because what they would say is, well, you don't understand. You guys would be mad if we turned Princess Tiana. Okay, into a white person, or you took, you know, the one black character here, and it's like, yeah, we would. You know why? Because uh, there's only one black character. You still got what? lots of white girls still left. You got Snow White. You got Sleeping Beauty. You got Cinderella. You got, oh, I don't know, um, Belle, Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Thank you. All right, you got whoever the hell that, that white girl is, and, and um, and Bambi. You got like a thousand white women still left. You gonna be all right. All right, it's gonna be a while before you 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 get rid of them all. And the idea that they can't seem to understand the distinction. Also, here's the thing about it is, it would be one thing, okay, if the story was set, okay, in a place that might make sense. So even like, for instance, Frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Halle Bailey not going to play the Frozen person because that's going to be unrealistic. No black person going to be in that much snow. All right, that, that's going to look ridiculous. <laughs> no, that the first time Brother Hedigan, she remember that thing song when she'd run through the thing, I'm going to let it go. She'd be like, yep. oh, no, let my ass go get some hot chocolate. I'm, I'm, I'm done with y'all. So I understand that, all right? But, um, but, but sister, although I gotta confess, um, I, I did, I did worry if she didn't know how to swim myself. I did know, I did worry about that, all right? <laughs> um, but, but assuming that nobody can, can actually swim like a mermaid, I'm just gonna assume they're gonna CGI that out. All right, but I was, I was a little worried myself. Um, but I think, you know, they don't seem to understand the big differences. It's like, yes, it would be problematic. But not here. Annie. They lost their minds a few years ago with Annie. I think we talked yeah. about this before. Have we talked about this before? Annie has always been black. Now, Annie was a damn orphan. Right. When you when you see a white orphan, how much do you think a white orphan costs? Because I price white babies from time to time. Just see how well I'm doing in life, all right? And I ain't never been able to afford a white baby. I better afford, you know, a little Latino baby, maybe Cuban, but but never white, a full white baby. All right, you can't you can't even get that's off the black market. You can't even get a white baby. All right, think about it. Even Angelina Jolie got to steal black babies. All right, you can't get a white right. baby nowhere. So so how are you gonna find a white orphan who can sing and dance? Annie has always been black. All right, Annie said Annie right. was black in the twenties. They just didn't want to admit it. All right, because it looked weird with Daddy Warbucks with his little black girl. All right, but Blanny Annie has always been black. All right, that's why they try to put her in the movie all the soot and dirt. No, no, she was black. All right, they were just trying to hide it. All right, all those years, Annie has always been black. All right, she's supposed to be black. All right, she can sing and dance and an orphan. But the idea in some of these cases, I think, where, you know, they're just being ridiculous. Now, on the other hand, if you were to say, I don't know, to to recast, you know, Mulan, Right? Um, mm-hmm. as black. Yeah, I think that would be ridiculous. 
Well, I, I'll say Chinese this. Warrior, I, I think that'd be ridiculous. I, I, I'll say this. I think that, you know, first off, I'm claiming 1.5 Disney princesses. I am claiming half of Moana. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's some debate on how Hawaiian Moana actually is. So I'm going to claim that for her. Uh, and I'm definitely claiming it for Princess Tiana. I think white people, you have nothing to worry about until you see Snow White is black. When Snow, when Snow yeah. White turns into Ebony Black, then <laughs> maybe you can have something to complain about. But in the meantime, like you said, Alice in Wonderland, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, uh, Snow White. Uh, I mean, you have limitless numbers of princesses, and it's not like your young daughter seeing this different character is going to affect her ability to dream and imagine that she could one day be a princess. Like, you. Like you, your daughter's going to believe whatever you tell her. What I am impressed with, as I always am, I'm impressed with the creativity of my people. And when I say my people, I'm talking about Black Twitter. Because <laughs> Black Twitter fed off of these these desires of white society and the anger of white society at Ariel. And they went and did their own recasting of every black movie with a white lead actor. Right. And these things were hilarious to me. So now we've got Michael Sarah playing Shaft. <laughs> which is like when gentrification finally takes over Harlem. Like <laughs> hilarious. We got Jim Carrey playing um Craig from Friday. Okay. Uh, we got Ryan Gosling playing Tatala of Black Panther. <laughs> and, and the best one I saw, we've got Michael B. Jordan playing the slave master, whipping three white dudes for roots. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I like the ones when he went the other way and black people just took over everything, like Aquaman, uh, and then Aquaman. the Terra Power take over both. He also was Superman and he was a Batman. <laughs> they, 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 uh, they, they had black people take over Home Alone. Um, I gotta tell you, my favorite was, um, Michael Jackson. Oh, was that the Flex Alexander one? That was the one that said he 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 man. Oh, yeah, they made him. They made Michael Jackson he 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 man. Okay. Like he he. Uh, the you know, and and the point was, it was like, I admit, if your black black quitter did have a good uh, uh a, a good weekend. Um, but you know, we should have been doing more productive stuff. Brothers probably miss work. All right, doing all these damn memes. <laughs> Because we sitting around fighting. Um, by the way, I'm taking a look here at movie grosses. And, okay. um, I got I'm a little concerned though. And, and, and the reason I'm a little concerned is the princess and the frog, um, their, uh, domestic gross, um, was a hundred and four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, to, to give you an, an example of comparison. Uh, the, the, the Disney film Frozen. Remember now, now Frog and the Princess was, was the black one, right? Mm-hmm. Frozen, right. all right, did 400 million. Okay, Ooh. gross. Um, and actually, I'm sorry, that's just domestic. International, Frozen did 1 billion dollars. Who? Uh, uh, that, that's, that, that's about 10 frogs and, and princesses. Um, they weren't so happy with the time they had the Black Prince, Princess. I look at the, 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 the movie grosses for various films, and uh, Moana is not in the top ten. Mm. Um, if you get the more black, the more black people you get in it, uh, the lower it goes. 
uh, 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 Latin um, is uh, is pretty good, but it's, it's 49th because uh, those people aren't exactly white. Right. Right. Um, give you an example. Uh, how to train your dragon is higher. It had more growth than Latin. Now maybe Latin to catch up. Um, but, uh, but, 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 but even the Minions, the Minions movie, all right, is number three all time, uh, for Disney Pixar. They're not even people. Right. But, but as long as you ain't black, you can you can get you uh, you know your, your billion. Um, and so I'm a little worried. Um, I gotta tell you, I I, I think as black people, um, we pretty much want to live in a theater uh, when Little Mermaid come out. Oh, we gonna be there next week because everybody going to see Beyonce. <laughs> everybody going to see Beyonce as as Nala in The Lion King and Donald Glover as Simba and James Earl Jones, of course, keeping his role as Mufasa. So you know, yeah, we going. We we well, want to see that. Well, huh? But but here's the thing: with that makes sense though. That that's that, that's Lion King. That's Lion. That's Africa. Uh, I'm 51 year old grown man, and people gonna start asking questions when I done seen the Little Mermaid seven times. <laughs> that, that don't look good on my resume. All right, that, that's gonna make me look a little weird. I'm gonna have to have a, a doc note for my doctor or something to explain why no, my right. grown black ass is in the kids movie all damn day and night. All right, trying to get they get they gross up. But I got to get the gross up because we can't have them come in with, you know, $35 gross. Um, and then they, they, yeah. they won't, they won't even have black people in. The next damn Lion King will be all starring Ryan Gosling as all the parts. <laughs> all right. So we're going to have to make sure we, we support it just like we did Black Panther and you know, we can do it. Um, but we're going to have to support it. And I'm going to have to watch that damn movie a hundred times, at least buy a hundred tickets. Well, you know, and they, uh, there was an interesting interview. Uh, that Noriega did with Snoop Dogg, and they were asking him about, you know, like his career in general. And Snoop Dogg, you know, they tried to gloss over when Snoop Dogg was on No Limit Records and with Master P. And Snoop Dogg stopped everything and was like, no, we can't just gloss over this. I need to tell you guys, I didn't make money until I met Master P. Master P taught me how to make money. Right? And so he was like, you know, I've been around Bad Boy when Puff Daddy mm-hmm. Biggie was big. I was around Death Row when Suge Knight acted like he was big, but we was all broke. We was just happy to be on TV and be black. <laughs> and then when I met Master P, Master P had money. And not only that, when Master P, I did my deal. So my deal with Master P was three albums. He taught me how to set up my own record label. All right. He taught me how to do my own promotions. He taught me how to build relationships with my own distribution. And then when I did my own stuff, he wasn't trying to get a percentage of it. He was like, no, that's what you're supposed to do. I put you on so you can put other people on. You do that. And he was like, I wouldn't have the money I have. I wouldn't be the, the you know, successful Snoop Dogg without that. And when you talk to Master P, he, he always sounds crazy because he's so far ahead of his time. Right. But he brought up something in the interview of Breakfast Club this morning I thought was very poignant to our discussions, particularly related to these Disney movies and to Black Panther. So Master P says, People laugh when he comes out with movies because they call them hood movies. So he, I got the hook. Right, 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 right. Like right. That. So it is. But he was like, my movies are owned, are black owned and black produced and distributed by black people from top to bottom. Wow. And every money that I, every piece of money that I get for my movie goes back into the community. Mm. So his thing is, I had to start somewhere. I don't have a budget that, you know, Lucasfilms had. I don't have that. I had to start somewhere and build a following, and now he's got 
another slate of movies that he's trying to put out that are going to follow the same thing but have a bigger budget because he's been able to stack money. And so one of his things was he had a criticism about Black Panther. He was saying it was amazing to see how many black people would go and support a movie with a black lead. But when you look at the credits for Black Panther, we didn't own that movie. We didn't make that movie. We didn't produce it. So we had this great moment in our cultural history, but we don't have anything to show for it. All right. right? All right. He's right. He's right. Right. And that's what I'm thinking. With these situations, now we're getting to a point where we have Tyler Perry's and we have uh, Issa Rae's and we have uh, Ava DuVernay's and, and people who are now starting to be able to have their own ownership and produce their own things. I'm wondering what would help, what, what would stop them from being able to be that person who can negotiate with Disney to get access to the rights to these characters and create that movie that we want to see that we can then go and support. Because I'm sure if somebody sees Ava behind it or somebody sees Ryan Coogler behind it, they haven't made a movie that flopped yet. Right? So like, we're going to go just because they made it. Um, um, all right, so here's the deal: is I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let some movies now name some movies that are a master P movies and is is a homework. As we leave here, the homework for 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 the for the uh, brothers-in-law audience is y'all gonna get one of these movies on Netflix or somewhere. Master P gonna make a little money this this week because y'all gonna y'all gonna support. Uh, so either you're gonna watch I Got the Hook Up one or two, mm-hmm. okay, but not both. Uh, I'm about it, about it, uh, foolish. Mm-hmm. Hot Boys, uh, Uncle mm-hmm. Pete, uh, No Tomorrow, Lockdown, Repos, Still Bought About It, uh, <laughs> I didn't make that up, yeah. um, Undisputed, The Game of Life, uh, Internet Dating, that's got Cat Williams, I think that's where I'm going to check out, um, and, and, uh, I think Soccer Mom's not here, so I'm assuming that I'm, I've got the list is gone now, alright, but get, get to use of Master P over the weekend, uh, and, and, and support. Uh, real black cinema, not, not 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 Marvel with black people in it, uh, but real black cinema. Get you Soul Plane and and, and watch it, and don't get on bootleg either. I know some of you. All right, you gonna have to get the real whole movie, um, and and watch it. Or well, don't watch it. But yeah, Hot Boys it. is good. It's Hot good. Boys is actually a good movie. Yeah. All right. If you like if you like violence, gratuitous violence and sex, <laughs> Hot Boys is your movie. <laughs> I fast forward through the violence, but I do like to get to it. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm, I think I'm going to get in that date with Cat Williams. Like, how are you going to beat that? Um, and I don't think it's to be. It's, it's somebody. I, I know no white people made that crazy stuff. So we're going to go ahead and, uh, and, and, and get that and, and get on out with this. Um, anybody else? You got anything else, Jesse? Uh, well, I just wanted to give a special shout out to Mitch McConnell. Uh, this week for finding out <laughs> that he had a relative in Alabama, one of his ancestors who was a slave owner. And when approached with this information and, and questioned, uh, he says, well, you know, that, I guess that's something that me and Barack Obama have in common. So he's trying to diffuse the fact that his ancestors were slave owners in Alabama by alluding to the fact that President Obama's ancestors were slave owners, too, which goes to the heart of Mitch McConnell not really understanding how the slavery thing works, because all of us have a slave who is an ancestor of us. Uh, as a matter of fact, we, my family, we've actually tracked down, and I'm, usually throughout the year, I post pictures of the slave master that owned uh, my family, because he act, actually is also 
my, I think, four times great grandfather. Okay. And on top of that, he signed the document that had North Carolina secede from the Union. <laughs> so, yeah, he was a general assemblyman. Wow. And he was, uh, and he was, uh, he was a rebel. He was always a rebel. And then I also have pictures of my four time great grandmother, who is his victim. And she looks victimized, but she also looks like she's either in tremendous agony or as if she's smirking, like she knows something that he don't know. Oh, and man. I always, I always look at that picture when I get up to go to work in the morning because I'm like, I wonder, did she have the vision? Did she have a forethought to know that after all these generations, she would have a, a, a great, 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 great grandson who'd be teaching at Duke Law School? You see, see, you went back that far. I ain't got to go back that far. Uh, I I, I suspect my mama's white. She she says she black. All right, that's wrong. (laughs) She says she black, but but so does Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. All right, you know, (laughs) so does Derek Jeter. All right, she 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 that black. By the way, she 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 she's so fair that uh she done heard the n word a lot. All right, because people will say it to her. Right, like, oh mm-hmm. boy, those those those, those, those N words acting crazy today. Right, right. I'm black too, right? But the way right. Trump called her personally to get her vote. All right, my mama is, <laughs> is very very fair skin. Uh, so we got. I know that that didn't happen uh, from vitiligo. Right, that, right, that right. ain't vitiligo. Right, <laughs> that, that, that slave master. You know, we got we we about two generations back, three at the most. All right, in my family. So don't act like, uh, yeah, Mitch McConnell is, is just is just just on something. Um, and I, you know, I like the fact that he was trying to somehow deflect it, like that would make it different or better. So even let's right. say, you know, right, like, like like his thing is like, well, he did it. Uh, that don't, that don't absolve you. Right. <laughs> Uh, for right. the stuff that you, that, that, that you got. And by the way, I ain't even mad at Mitch as, as great grandparents. Uh, I just want him to, to get off some of that money that, by the way, he didn't even earn it anyway. Cause he, this is how, this is how cool, how, how, how cool, just shifty Mitch is, is that he done stole the money from his, uh, Chinese wife and their family. That's where right. his wealth comes from, hers. I'm like, damn, you done stole the black people's money and then you spent all that. And then you stole the Chinese people's money too? Hey man, it's hard to be a failure, man. Like it's expensive <laughs> to be a failure. So, Mitch McConnell, on behalf of the brother-in-law, we just want to tell you, you ain't shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and you need to get liposuction on your neck because you look like a turtle. That's what <laughs> you know. You need you apology to turtle. You know what he look like? He look like a pelican. It look like you got a there. I bet you if you open his mouth, he got at least, at least a marlin in there. At least. Maybe, 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 maybe a couple barracudas. Well, I know you only got four teeth. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we start talking about his mama, we're going to just go on out of here with class and dignity like we know for in the Brother-in-Law Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. We, we had, Jesse is, is gone for three weeks. Where, where you going, Jesse? Man, I don't even know yet. I haven't figured that part out. But just to have three weeks of of unadulterated bliss <laughs> when I come back and get ready for the school year is great. So uh, definitely look out for pictures and stuff. I'm going to be posting throughout on Facebook. Uh, also, for you all who don't already know and haven't already done so, be sure to like our Brothers-in-Law page on Facebook. It's B-R-U-T-H-A-S-N-L-A-W, Brothers-in-Law. 
Um, you can also find us on all social media. And we still haven't gotten a lot of emails from anybody, but if you have emails or questions about the show or whatever, feel free to email us. And that's brothersinlaw at gmail.com. Lastly, we're always looking for interesting uh, concepts for sponsorship. So if you know somebody with a business, could be a big business, small business, whatever, who is interested in sponsoring us and helping us grow with them, then by all means, send us an email. We'd love to entertain the idea, talk to people, see what we can work out. But uh, in the meantime, we'll still be waiting on Hennessy to get back to us. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, who ain't gonna call me? I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna pitch for Bluebell because that ice cream is all <laughs> fucking nasty. You, 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 y'all get a container on. I can't, I can't have my name associated with your nicked ice cream. <laughs> Bluebell tastes just like the good old days, and that feels like Jim Crow to me. <laughs> hey, everybody, we'll see you next time.